It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, hello and welcome to the Ramon Foster Show brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market where they're open 24-7 with hot, fresh food. Ramon, what's going on? Man, not a lot. I'm still in my workout gear and everything, but you know what? There's no, there's no rest for the week, man. I'm here and ready to go. That's, that's the attitude. I like that. I yeah. like that. Uh, we got a lot to cover this yeah. week, and we're going to start off with the Super Bowl. Uh, where else? Because that's kind of the point of everything that we talk about. It's so funny to me, Ron, how always the, the dialogue seems to flip right away to the it next does. thing. You know? It does. Here are the odds for next year's Super Bowl champion. Well, hang on a second. These guys are still celebrating. I <laughs> know uh, we hadn't had a chance to actually see them at Disney World, Disneyland, whichever one they're at. I think Disneyland if they're in L.A. Uh, we, we hadn't, you know, saw Cooper Cup get his vehicle. None of those things. And it's already like next season on the combine and the draft and the mock drafts. And it's nonstop. It really is. It's almost like, yeah, you got it. Now let's move on. I, well, I don't let's, know if I let, like that. Yeah, let's not move on. Let's let's go over a couple of things first. Uh, the Rams weren't exactly super impressive, no, uh, to say the least. But they got it done when they needed to. And you mentioned Cup. Are you okay with Cup getting MVP over Aaron Donald? Let's start with that. I know the crowd I'm talking to. Um, I know the crowd that I'm talking to, and I mean Pitt. No, no, no. I, yeah, I, I get yeah. that. I, yeah. I, I know. And I'll say this: if Aaron Donald had have got it. It have been okay. But Cooper Cup being in a situation where they needed more, I think, from him because that offense had gotten stagnant. And it was almost to the point when OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr. went out. I think everybody watching, I'm sure you was in that situation too. Where's the offense? Where's the offense? What are they going to do? The defense was holding their own, but you needed somebody to step up. And I'm sitting on my back patio watching the game. I'm thinking to myself, where's Cooper Cup? And then he shows up, and you see why he had the what was it the triple crown as far as receiving go this year, yeah. receiving yards, receptions, and yards. Why not go to that guy? And I got to give it up for Matthew Stafford too. He, you know, he battled. He found his guy. He made ways to get him the ball, and they capitalized on him. And I thought it was a really good testament of what it means to be, if not the best wide receiver in the world, one of the best in the in the world. Man, he showed up and showed out, and the way he worked. <laughs> The, the NFL punching bag, Eli Apple, it, it was only Ooh. right, you know. Oh, Eli, oh no, he, Eli. he worked them. He, <laughs> we blow taps in the background here for poor Eli. Oh my Jeez. gosh! But he did what he was supposed to do. He used his talent, his skill set, and as Coach Tom liked to say, he treated him as such, man. And and I, and, and I like the I like the fact that uh, that he gets rewarded 
in the same spirit that I liked Santonio Holmes getting MVP. Uh, even though Ben was the one making the passes, even though Ben was the one that made the prettiest pass mm-hmm. in franchise history uh, to, to win the championship, because there comes a point for an offense where you just say, that's got to be our guy. Yeah. And, and that's like you said, once OBJ goes out, the Rams had no choice. But you know what? The Bengals know that. Yeah. And they still couldn't stop him. Not them. No. Him. Him. And, and you know what? Every, everybody's been a part, whether you're a fan, whether you're a teammate or on the team, of watching a game like that or being in a game like that. And you're saying to, some, you're saying to yourself, somebody make a play. I don't know where it's going to come at. And if we're talking about does AD deserve the the MVP also, well, it was him that needed to make a play too. And his coach said it on the sideline after seeing, you know, the mic'd up is AD's going to make a play. And I'm just like, well, yeah, that reminds me so much, man. We we speak about like special players. There's a difference in like, I I was good. Might have been pretty good too, okay? But then they're special. There's gold jacket special. There's whether it's league MVP special. And that's what you saw from Aaron Donald. And I think you got to tip your hat and say that's what you saw from Cooper Cup, too. He became special. Odell Beckham was going to be, I feel like, in my opinion, the focal point of that game. And it was good on Cooper Cup to not, you know, have uh, jealousy towards it or envy. He just continued to play his game. Odell was really ego-free. Dude is ego-free. So to see him become a hero towards the latter part of that game and work that secondary, and I'll give it to him, Cincinnati secondary is not a bad secondary. They're pretty good. And he worked them pretty well and made the catches and got uh, yak when he caught the ball on that one no look pass from Stafford, I thought it was it was it was fitting. I wasn't mad Cooper Cup got it. I thought it was kind of weird they didn't announce it immediately after the game, you know, and here's your Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, they yeah, kind of yeah. just put the Winter Olympics on. Yeah, well, wonder why. <laughs> it was the first time anybody would have seen the Olympics this particular year. Uh, I also have to ask you about your deep, heartfelt, emotional reaction to seeing the Bengals lose. Oh my god. Tough, huh? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm gonna say it again. It go away, does it? No, it doesn't go away. Screw them. Okay. Like, go to the pit of misery. If you're, if you're good, fine. I'm okay with that. Like everybody's saying, you know, Cincinnati will be back, and truth be told, they might be back. You know who else thought that? I did in my second year with Joe Burrow. Yeah. You know, like, Mm -hmm. it's hard to get to it. And I think there's been reports that saying Green Bay is going to buy into what the Rams did. They're going to go because they have a nice nucleus of players, a team. If Aaron Rodgers does come back, they're going to buy in and go get whatever they need to get another championship. The all-in approach. The all-in approach. So um, it's it's harder than you think, and we all jump to conclusions to say they'll be back. Um, But they're so early in their career to where that team is – understanding what success is and also with that comes a bigger bullseye cincinnati can't just walk in the stadiums anymore teams want to beat them so it's going to be a matter honestly of, of how they handle being front runners they said time and time again in the pre-game just interviews in the two weeks before the super bowl that look they don't want to be the underdog well, you better walk well with that big target on your back, too, because I know with us being front runners like that for Every years. single week. There's no off week. Nope. Absolutely none. So, Joe, 
carry them if you are, but I had a grand laugh, okay? <laughs> Screw Cincy. I'll think again. Cleveland and Baltimore, too. Very nice. Very nice. With that smooth segue, we're going to take it into our first break. When we come back on the Ramon Foster Show, we're going to talk about some of those odds that have already been set out there in Las Vegas for next year. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show, brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market. And Ramon, it took only about 20 seconds from the clock hitting zero at the Super Bowl, as I'd mentioned earlier, for the odds makers to come out with what's ahead for next year. And yeah. not surprisingly, I guess, the top two teams are the Chiefs and the Bills, even though they're both in the AFC and even though the NFC just won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um We'll get into that in a second. But the Pittsburgh Steelers I saw it. were listed at 60 to 1 odds to win the Super Bowl, the eighth worst odds of any team in the league. Ramon, this team would have to suck to be <laughs> the eighth worst team in the NFL. There's no other way around that. Yeah. How do you how do you match up? Those concepts, like a team that has T.J. Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick and yeah. Cam Hayward, and uh, how do you how do you think that 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 could be possible? Who's thinking this, and why? The eighth worst odds, um, DK, is because you don't have a bona fide quarterback. That's yet. it. It's just quarterback. It's quarterback, and the reason those two AFC teams, the Bills and the Chiefs, are number ones because they do have one. It's been you know the conversation that nobody's had a bigger leap than Josh Allen as far as his quarterbacking play. And you expect him to get better. And you know Mahomes is always going to push the envelope on anybody that's in the AFC. He actually has an offensive line that's going to uh, they'll be together for an extra year. Although I think Orlando Brown is up. I got a feeling they're going to sign him back because they don't have a high enough draft pick to go get a, you know, a, a lottery pick of, of a left tackle. I'd say he'd be back there. Pittsburgh being in a situation, I, we said it for months. At least I've just been alluding to it with my family. I was like, hey, babe, we're about to go to the pit of misery for a little while, okay? <laughs> like, 
And that's okay because we've had a really good run. A thing is about that defense, when you haven't Cam, you have TJ, Defensive Player of the Year, by the way, congratulations to him again on that. You can't understate that at all. Um, but you, you have that defense. Thing is, though, you can wear defense down with as high-powered as these offenses are. Think about I talk crap about Cincinnati, but they do have a really good offense. Okay. Cleveland has some tools to where at least if they're smart enough this year with the running game, they can run well and keep Baker within a box of where you need him to operate in. And then again, where you go to Lamar, Lamar, you, you feel like at least they missed the playoffs this year. They will have a bounce back here is what I'd say. At least they're going to be competitive. That's just the North. Okay, and, and, and then you got to go on a road, and there's a lot of inexperience still with the offensive line. You got to gonna potentially miss Juju and James Washington, and then you got to wonder is Chase Claypool gonna step up and be a leader? When I say leader and Chase Claypool, those two words don't really go the same no. right now from what he's shown us. Yeah, okay, it's got to be performance with him. It's, it's got to be, be performance. performance. And then you got a young Najee, and then we got to figure out what's going on with Deontay, if they're going to retain him. And, you know, so there's a lot of questions. The surefire things on that offense is Pat Frymuth and friggin' uh, Deontay. And Najee. Yeah. And Najee. Oh, and Najee yeah. Those, those, those three right there. Those are the sure things you have on that offense. I love my guys, of course, that I, I, I know that are still there. But this is tough sledding when it comes down to saying Pittsburgh is going to win the AFC North. There's, you, you know, and that's okay because yeah, what happened but, the last time this, they were in this situation. But there's a difference ben. between saying they won't win the division and saying that they'll outright suck, and and that's what that's what you have when you're talking about the eighth worst team in football. And by the way, their odds were lower than that of any AFC North team, so they're also predicting a last, last place, place finish for the Steelers. These are not things that happen. DK. Okay. It's it's this is a very strong conversation because we're early into the offseason. We got to see what moves are going to be yes. made. But if we go off just recent history of when the season ended, unless Matt Canada brings some magical dust to get him to get this offense to where it's not just what is this out on the field, three and out, three and out, three and out, and then you start making plays. So we question that. We we also question the fact that who's going to be at quarterback, Mason. Haskin, Dobbs, do you go trade for a guy like Carson Wentz? No, there's a bunch of scenarios out there, so the, the amount of uncertainty is there. And, and this is the other part of it is we, me as a former player, I look at this team and say they're going to compete. Yes, they are, but it's only so much you can do when you're going to have this much turnover. Now, I don't know if competing means uh, eight and nine, you know, nine and eight. Um, are they two games below 500? what's a good season, you know? And, but the other side of this, though, is if this is just a one shot, you know, where they're not as great as you need them to be to go get a quarterback, because we know that's what moved the ticker, DK. It that's is. What's, that's what's kept us so warm at night for 20 years in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that you've had a quarterback. And then what is this offense going to look like? Like, I'm, I'm kind of hesitant on Canada because I'm thinking to myself, did he cater to what Ben does well? You know, it might not have been great, but did he cater to it? And if he didn't, what else does he have in his bag that's going to say, yes, this team is going to compete week in and week out? We don't know. So I think it's a fair assessment to say, you know, they have the eighth worth odds to win the Super Bowl. I tell you, if you got a little extra change on the side and want to put it on the Pittsburgh Steelers, <laughs> that might not be a bad 
bet to pull off. Yeah, I, I guess I guess the thing that gets me is that if you're going to say, as people did throughout this past season, not without cause, yeah, that Pittsburgh's quarterbacking play was bad, yeah. and then the season ends and you predict that they're going to be 10 times worse because of quarterbacking play, it doesn't really add up for me. Uh, one of the things that I'm, I'm struck by, this is going to sound like it's unrelated, but it isn't. Every time Ben would roll out to his right, yeah, it was a slam dunk completion. Now, he might have only done it like 10 times the whole season. Yeah. Okay. But he would, these were designed rollouts. They weren't forced rollouts. Okay. Yeah. Get the ball, get out there. He'd look upfield. There were two or three open targets for whatever reason that were never mm -hmm. open whenever he would just have a drop back and he'd hit them. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking to myself, maybe, maybe, and I'm a hard time giving this coordinator the benefit of the doubt. Maybe if this coordinator had someone who could do that sort of thing on a regular basis, they don't have to be Lamar, but just do that sort of thing. And yeah. get out there, maybe we'll see something different. I don't know. I don't know. Which, which is why I say I'm, I'm, I'm kind of hesitant to see what this offense is going to look like without Ben, meaning a different quarterback. Of course, everybody's seen, you know, Tomlin and, and Colbert and Canada flirting with Malik Willis. Willis. Or Wills. Is Willis? It's from close. Liberty, mm -hmm. from Liberty. And this is the other part of it, too, is we got to say this out front. It's not going to be an offense, if that's who they're going after, that you're used to seeing. Can Pittsburgh as a whole honestly handle that, the fan base? And I know all things cures itself if you're winning, but that's the part of, like, seeing a, a non-traditional, you know, smash and dash offense that might not be it, where you're downhill and running counter zone and inside zone. Um, if that's what Canada's bringing to the to, to the Steelers to operate in this new NFL, then you gotta be okay with it. Also, um, but the flirting with with, with Malik Willis at, from Liberty says a whole lot about where they want to go. Oh they, yeah, oh yeah. I, well, know? I mean, Art Rooney himself said that they were talking about mobile quarterbacks, and Mike Tomlin's talking about mobile quarterbacks. That's where the game is heading and so forth. So mm -hmm. we'll see how all that goes. When we come back, the only position that really matters on a football field is the <laughs> offensive line, I am told. And we will discuss that after this break. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show, brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market. And Moan, the offensive line does finally have a new coach in Pat Meyer, it'll yeah. be the fourth new offensive line coach in it is. as many years. Okay. Including an interim is five. And including the interim guy for a couple weeks. He left to go to Chicago. Morgan Chicago. was taken away by the Bears. And, and here we are. Pat Meyer has been a coach for 20 years. He's been in the National Football League for nine years. All in the same role, offensive line. He's had some successes. He's had some failures, mostly mm -hmm. failures of late. The question that I have 
for you here, and this is more general than it is anything aimed at Meyer or the Panthers or anything like that. Chargers, yeah. Is well, he was good with that was the thing. He yeah. was good with the Chargers when he had people, and he went to the Panthers and he didn't have people and he wasn't any good. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to ask you about. Is just I realize this is kind of self evident that the players make the process, but at the same time, how much difference can and does a coach make with the offensive line? It could or worse. It could mean a lot to the group. Number one, everybody in that room is going to be relatively new or new to starting and a new scheme officially. Mm-hmm. Um, new direction as far as who's going to be calling the plays. You you don't you everything is new. So him going to get Pat Meyer, I think fits this. You have Matt Canada that's got his guy. Not necessarily maybe his pick, but he at least, I think, had a say-so in where, what direction he wanted to go in and what He'd guy he to. needed. He'd have to. The, the one thing that you want in this league as far as you're building your staff is people that you can trust. I think the fact that, you know, Surrett was there and Clem was there already and um, the interim guy, I forget his Morgan, name again, Morgan, Morgan. He was already there, and you just basically had Canada had to work with the pieces he's given. Now you've seen a new wide receiver coach. You've seen, uh, you know, a new offensive line coach come in. These are people that at least in Canada was there. So I got to work to please Canada. So that in itself may say to, you know, to team, whatever direction he's getting is coming directly from me. To whereas Clem or Sean Surrett would probably – um, living off the last ten years, doing things their yeah. way. This is how we do it. This is how we've done it. So adjust to what I got going on now. You got a full off season of, of Matt Canada saying, "Hey, look, Pat, this is how I want you to coach these guys up and teach them. Your technique is your te- technique, but I need them to be doing these things." So whereas you may have had Clem or you know Sean Sarret saying, "Well, it's better if we do this this way." So it may it may have been a knocking of heads when it come down to the decision-making, and also is this. Canada came to the NFL from college, meaning Clem and, and Sean Sered and Morgan had been in the NFL for a long time. Now Canada's got a little bit of weight underneath him. He's got the command of the coach and the reassurance of Coach Tomlin because he brought him back this year when everybody thought that the Matt Canada offense wasn't that great. <laughs> a hit dog is going to holler, huh? <laughs> Point to yourself on that That's one. Right. So, My arm is way up. <laughs> Raise your hand. So, but but now he's got some of his guys. I'd like to think that the offense may flow a little bit better. At least they're on the same page, and they can say, "This is my team." You know how it is going into a room, and you, the new guy, you're trying to figure out who do I talk to, what do I do in these situations. That's what I'm looking for out of them now. As far as Pat Myers, you know, um, coaching. How he's going to teach these kids, these, these teach young guys. Teach is the word. Teach it, is the word. Moan, I'm going to yeah. I'm going to jump in and say Go that ahead. when when I'm in Latrobe, but this is mm-hmm. whatever it was three years ago or whatever, and I'm watching Mike Munchak four years ago, I guess four, it was. Yeah, Mike Munchak uh, in that near end zone where you guys would always work out on Chuck Noll. in the far corner. Yeah, nice and close to the reporters, by the way, so we could see and hear everything, including yeah. when you messed up. And Munchak is talking mm-hmm. to you and to Marquise Pouncey and to David DeCastro and Alejandro Villanueva, not in a condescending way, no. but in a way that was like you were rookies. He was teaching mm-hmm. guys who 
really probably didn't need a whole lot of firsthand instruction. Yep. But he kept showing you things, and not as reminders either. They no. were new things you could yeah. tell. They they were, and that's the thing I've always admired about Munch is he always taught this. The basics are the basics, and we're going to do those well. If there's something I've seen on film, we're going to adjust to that, and we're going to bring it out here on the field so that we can teach you how to do it the correct way. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I think guys get players, and I hate this, even at the youth level. They get players and think everybody's supposed to do the same thing. You don't teach stuff the way you need to, and because of that, you cause failure to guys that aren't fit for what you're trying to teach them. So because of that, that's one thing I'll say to Pat Myers in that group. Understand your personnel and how you're going to go about teaching those guys day in and day out. Because you say what you want to, there is an expectation to that group, specifically from our past. Like, you better be on top of your game. You better make sure these guys protect whatever quarterback is going to be at center. And this offense has got to look, I'd say, five times better than what it looked last year. <laughs> whatever that's going to be. <laughs> It better look. I'll tell you this: it, they better not go into a game. We're talking about teaching and the mindset to where it's third and one, and they're not under center or pushing people off the ball. That can't fly. There needs to be a part of this team this year of young guys that take a stance and say, "Look, we might not be perfect, but we're gonna whoop some. You know what? Okay." That has to be taught this year. There well, has to be an emphasis on all of those things, DK, because they're just so young. And I'm Mom, hoping Pat Myers is a guy. This is where, since I'm talking to the previous left guard, I can point to Kevin Dotson and say, do you remember when Dotson was first put out on the field? Mm -hmm. What was he doing? Mauler. Boom. Yeah, downhill. Okay, and everything was downhill and straightforward. And I'd like to think that that was at least in part – due to the fact that he wasn't told to do any kind of trickery or whatever. Mm -hmm. He was just told, you are a big, bad man. Yeah, Just go out there and kill people. Eat them. <laughs> and he did, and he ate them. Yeah, And there wasn't any whatever to it. The same thing goes with Chooks to an extent, because Chooks yeah. is so big, so raw. Just let him yes. go. Okay? Let him go. And, and that, that, especially when you have a young group, but they didn't do that. They had them hesitating and hemming and hawing and lefting and writing and everything. No. It's just like, no, no. I, I know. And I, I hate it for them. If I can just be transparent, I talked to a few guys in that room, and I asked them, what are y'all doing? And they would tell me, I don't know. Offensively. That's not okay. For a young group, like even back to even back to Coach Kugler when I was early in the league playing, like that mindset you said about Kevin Dyson to just go whoop somebody's ass, like that's what he used to tell us a lot. Like it's a street fight. Like sometimes the technique ain't just gonna do it. You just gotta go beat a man, and that's what this group should be doing. And then you know the transition with us. Find a guy. The transition from us when we were just trying to take down the sack total. Get a good rushing game, and then it became oh, those guys are finesse guys now. They got a system. <laughs> you remember, remember you saw the you transition. You guys reached your finesse phase. Yeah, <laughs> it, but but you had to whoop a whole lot of tail, DK, to make it to that point. Make it to the finesse yeah. phase. <laughs> make it to the finesse phase. So I, 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 man, my second year specifically, I'll never forget. It was in a preseason game, and it was like fight or flight, Mon. Which one you gonna do? You better go prove that you at least belong on this field. I don't care what it is. I received death threats from Philadelphia, okay? In a game, I was taught, look, it was in a preseason game. I got fined like $20,000, okay? <laughs> We're running downfield. 
and they had our running back hemmed up on their sideline. And I'll never forget, my wife got on me at the time, too. I ran down the field, and I just took off and just dove at a dude to clean him up off the pile. Illegal as hell, okay? Oh, yeah, Illegal as hell. I remember the linebacker. I, man, I cleaned him up like launched at him. But you know what I was saying to the coach? And Coug, Coach Coog told me this after the fact. I appreciate your fight. Your fine is going to be in your locker room real soon. <laughs> and we're not helping you with it. But here's the What envelope. I appreciate your fight. I'll never forget it was 5000 He checked that I had to take out because I wasn't making that much. It's like, we can't take your whole check, Ramon. We'll take five of it. And But that was the, the mindset to get to that next point. Then I became a starter. And then when Munch came in, he kind of polished it up a little bit more. And it's like, ah, okay, this is how we play the game. And that's what I'm hoping because this group is so young. If Zach is out there, if, if, I don't know what's going on with his situation. If Dotson is out there, I don't know if they're going to switch Kendrick Green around. You know, I don't know what's going to happen at right guard. I don't know if they're going to sign Chooks back. I've been in communication with him a little bit, you know, as far as free agency goes. And you got to see what's going to happen. And I think Canada and Tomlin and bringing in their guy at offensive line, I think it could be good if he teaches them that mindset first, DK. That's first. before, And then, of course, that has to be accompanied by the scheme. Individualized. Also, what I was going to say here is individualized instruction because that's what you were talking about, that player-centric mindset instead of one-size-fits-all. Uh, because they might not. They, they're they going to have different strengths. You just look at them, and they look different. Kendrick Green yeah. looks like he's built different from Dan Moore. Mm-hmm. Prototype offensive Dan Moore. line. Yeah, and, yeah. and then there's, again, Dotson, who's just this, you know, this beast. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's like it's just you work with each one of them. And I, I'll tell you that I, I just like the fact that, you know, for the first time in a while, they did go outside. They did bring in somebody. They did. Kind of just walking down the office and pulling up the next guy at the next cubicle. Uh, you know, they did something here, and, you know, he's got experience. He's got background. Uh, he's had some successes, and as I mentioned, some failures. So we'll see how Pat Meyer And we, we've said all this to say it could be a struggle year, but I think all of us to a person, at least in my recent history being with the team, Pittsburgh always finds a way to compete. A way. That's I can't imagine some disastrous season. I don't even know what it looks like. It wouldn't. It wouldn't even feel right for the league. Like, no, whatever it is, I don't think it'll be long lived. It'll just be like, okay, we needed a hard reset, which is what we said would happen whenever Ben bowed out. Right, one of those Colts type years. You know what I'm talking about, where the, the Colts would like win the Super Bowl and then they go like one and fifteen the next year, yeah. and then and then they'd be right back the year after that. And that's so. what you want. Everybody's do one. Just don't be Jacksonville, Cleveland, or Cincinnati for the years before now. <laughs> that's it. Or the Browns. That's it. That's it. Get in all the obligatory AFC North shots before the credits roll. All right, Moan. Let's do it again next week. No doubt, man. I'm ready.